Elia Esparza, thank you so much for accepting my invite to be here. Um, you definitely have an amazing story that I want to share. I do have to confess, though, two things. Well, I'm nervous, extremely nervous for two <laughs> reasons. Number one is that you have done thousands of interviews. You have done also many podcasts. So you, you have your own podcast, which I was telling you right before that I really, really like. Um, so there's that added pressure that you have to do good because she will know compared to the others if it's going to be good or not. So I have that. And the other reason why I'm extremely nervous right now is because we go to the same gym. <laughs> and what I notice is that we go around the same time. So like, oh, if she doesn't like it, she's going to say hi to me. Or how is she going <laughs> to say hi to me as far as like, hey, oh, what's up? Like, how are you? How's everything? Or is she really going to be like, oh, I liked it. And what type of relationship are we going to have after today that we see each other? So I'm like, oh, OK. Those are the things that I start thinking about, by the way. <laughs> I think you're overthinking Oh, it. oh yeah. of course. <laughs> but um, again, thank you for being here. For those who may not know who you are. Elia Maria Esparza, please give us a brief bio on who you are. Yes, well, I am a singer, songwriter, and content creator. Um, I have my own music on Spotify and YouTube, and I also make YouTube videos. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much what I do. I'm a performer. Nice. Yeah. Talk to us about your start in music or your own performance. Yeah, well, I mean, I started taking voice lessons when I was around 9 or 10 and then continued through my teens in choir, theater, musical theater. I was trained classically in opera. And when I was choosing colleges, I actually decided to go to the New York Conservatory for Dramatic Arts for film and television, which is just a fancy name for a school for acting. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, yeah, when I was 17, I moved to New York. And I was really focusing on acting, but then music called my name still, and I started working in studios and doing demos, writing songs, and just from there, I've never stopped. I've always wanted to be on stage performing, doing my own thing, and it's just always been part of me. So, But I, I definitely think I started young, like I would listen to Mariah Carey and, and Vogue and Whitney Houston and sing at, you know, all the Christmas parties and things like that when I was a kid. So I think it was just always in me to sing and perform. You come a family of singers or performers? Yeah, well, my parents sing wonderfully. They never pursued it like in any professional way, but they definitely can sing. And there's a few other family members that I have that can sing as well. Nice. Let's talk a little bit uh, about the importance of having parents. In your case, I believe that, not that you were lucky, but uh, when I think about Hispanic parents or even most parents, the truth is that even though when we were, when, when we were, uh, when we are young, we normally have dreams of being athletes, singers, actors, and yeah, your, your parent will, will listen to you, but the fact is that they know it's just a phase and that they want you to get a college degree, they want you to work an eight to five, and usually they don't support you as far as, okay, you wanna sing, you wanna do this? Let's do it, and it sounds like in your in your case, when you were nine, by them allowing you to take those classes and also by what kept on going in your career, you had parents that nurture that. So talk to me about the importance about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm extremely blessed. Both of my parents have always been extremely supportive of my dreams, and my mom put me in dance, in piano, in singing lessons. Anything I wanted to try, they always let me try it. You know, I did ballet, I did sewing classes like I did a bunch of different things and then as I got older and was more focused on music and singing and uh, theater they never once told me that I couldn't do it and I think it's a huge um, you know thing for me as like just growing getting older looking back of like wow I was never put down at least by my parents to not pursue my dreams and they came to every show and they still come to every show and like whatever dream I've ever had, like, you know, even getting side jobs and things like that, they were always super supportive. And I'm actually shocked that they let me move to New York when I was 17. Not because I was a bad kid. It was more because they were kind of strict. Like I couldn't go out. I didn't like go party or drink or do any of that crazy stuff, but they let me move to New York. So <laughs> I think um, they really, they really raised me well and with a level head. And I think if they 
had hadn't been supportive, I don't know if I would have pursued my dreams. I don't know if I'd had the confidence to do it. But definitely, like, even to this day, they still support me a thousand percent. And I'm so grateful for that. Nice. I know you give voice lessons. I imagine that you also interact with a lot of kids. Do you see the opposite? Maybe some kids that they have really good talent, that they have pretty big dreams, but maybe their parents not being as supportive as yours. Um, not necessarily, because I think, you know, for the most part, their parents are paying for it. And so the fact that they're even paying for it, you know, investing in what their child wants to do, for the most part, I've experienced really supportive parents or, you know, parents that are like, oh, like, how's she doing? Because they might not have any, any idea of like the music world and anything like that. I more see that the kids, you know, because they're young and um, they go through some confidence issues. But at, one of my big things as we work together is to make sure that they know vo voice singing and like musicals and all of that. It's all mental. Like it's a huge mental thing. Um, What do you mean by that? So like if I believe I can't sing something, my body will respond that way. But if I at least give myself the chance to try and hit a high note or sing a song that is difficult or, you know, things like that, like try new things, um, then you never know what can happen from there. And I've experienced that even as an adult, like when I thought, oh, I've reached my musical point like I can't sing any higher or can't sing any lower and I've had breakthroughs as an adult and I realized a lot of it was because I thought I couldn't before I was like oh no I can't sing that high or I can't hit that note or I can't sing that song but the moment you start to put that you know wall in front of you then your body responds the same way so I try to integrate not only the technique of singing but also the mentality and really just raise the confidence of these kids because I mean, when I was, you know, growing up, even though I was confident, I was still, I would get so nervous, shaking, didn't want to sing in front of anyone type of thing. And I wish I had gotten over that a little bit sooner. I think everyone, you know, has their journey, but I was like, wow, like, what was I so nervous about? Like, this is my gift. This is like what I was born with, born to share something. And even if, it, you know, these kids don't decide to pursue music as their career, It's just something that adds to their development and realizing like, oh, everything I do, like if I believe I can do it, like at least try, you know, so it's not just like completely shutting off the idea of something. Nice. Where does this positive mindset come from? As before we start, I told you that I follow you on, on social media and Instagram more specifically. And um, your stories, even your posts, you can tell that you have a different mindset. The podcast that I heard as far as being positive, making sure that you always look at the bright side. And now that you're talking about how singing or anything that you do, of course, it's a lot to do with mindset. Looking back, where do you think it comes from, this mentality? Well, I mean, I grew up in a good, like, positive home, reinforcement and all of that. And then I was always just naturally, like, super hyper, super optimistic, like, wishing my life was a movie kind of mentality which can be delusional but at the same time I think I always know in the back of my head like everything's gonna work out like I don't know how it's gonna work out but it's gonna work out um, along with my faith like I do believe in God and I do believe there's a reason why I've always been put in positions to use my talent um, whether that's singing or performing or just you know hosting or talking to people so I'm like there has to be a reason there can't just be like all of this is random or if it is like at least I believe there is a reason um, and when I moved to New York when I was 17 I definitely grew up really quick because I was like I'm I don't want my parents help like I want to get a job all this stuff and you learn really fast you know becoming an adult you're like I have to figure this out and I've been through a lot of experiences, but in the end, in the end, I do, um, you know, attribute my positivity to my faith and to my personality because I feel like that's how I naturally am. But also, like, I love to learn. So I like to read books, you know, self-help books and listen to podcasts and research and watch documentaries and things like that on, you know, positivity or productivity or Um, you know, things of success and stuff like that. So I've always been like, I love to read that stuff or listen to it. And so I think when you're constantly feeding your mind that kind of content, you just naturally start to think that way as well. Because I mean, I'm not like 
a thousand percent positive all the time. You know, I have my days where I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Like, what am I doing? Many mental breakdowns. But I think in the end, like the core of me really focuses on like having my faith and then also continuing to um, learn and fill myself with knowledge and create that mindset for myself every single day. Nice. Well, thank you so much for sharing as you're telling me this. Um, so far, that has been the common denominator for people that are positive, that have a, 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 a positive mindset. Shane talked about it. I know Lizzie talked about it as well. As far as the fact of wanting to learn, not thinking that, oh, that's it. You know, this like is like I know everything. Exact, yeah. I know everything. My life is good. Yeah. Wait, if it's good, I'm sure it can get better. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the reasons I'm doing this because, again, I want to uh, expand on my circle of influence. Um, I was telling Shane the other time that close friends that I interact that can give me those positive vibes or that extra uh, motivation that I need, to be honest, I have maybe one or two. So this is one other reason that I'm doing this because I want to meet people such as yourself that, you know what, I can take something back, not only applying in my business, but definitely in my personal life. So thanks again for sharing. Of course. Let's go back and talk about uh, New York for a little bit. I know you lived there for six years. Yes. Uh, you talked uh, about it a little bit, but what are some other things that you learned from living by yourself in New York, by the way? It wasn't just any place. I mean, it's definitely like a hustle city. Like, if you don't make it happen, someone else will type of situation. So, you know, I moved there really young and I went to an acting school with and we're we were we're all artists. So we were crazy and out of control. And I really had to learn how to manage my time, my money, my effort, my everything and so I learned a lot I learned I just I feel like it really set me up for the rest of my life whether I ever live in New York again I hope to one day but that city the energy and everything that's happening you just never know what's going to happen like you literally never know where you're going to end up at the end of the day and I had so many incredible experiences but the thing it taught me the most was to make the most out of my time and the most out of my money because I was definitely not rolling in any Benjamins at the time. (laughs) So I learned how to hustle, work jobs, work gigs, staying up all night at studios. I worked as a clown. Like I, I didn't have any ego. Like I worked any job I could do. I was a babysitter. I was a bouncer. I was a hostess, a waitress. You were a bouncer? Yeah. Okay. I was checking IDs at a (laughs) bar that I couldn't even get into. I think I was like 19. And, um, and yeah, and the struggle was real, but it taught me so many life lessons about working hard. And now I attain those things. So I'm like, Like when I moved back to El Paso, I was like, life is so easy here. Like it's so nice and so convenient. And it also made me appreciate the, not that El Paso is like a simple place, but like the simpler life because New York is go, 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 get slapped in the face, hit the floor and then get back up and you have to keep going. And there's no uh, mercy. There's no, oh, are you okay? It's just, you go and you do it and you don't really have a choice, but somehow you make it happen. You know, when you're put in those positions where you're like, whether you have a deadline or you need a that last, you know, part of money to make rent and things like that, like you just make it happen. And so that mentality coming, you know, moving cities back here is like gold. Cause I'm like, oh, we could do this, this and this and this. And I don't have to, you know, ride the subway for an hour to and from. And, you know, like there's so many things that I appreciate in El Paso that I didn't have in New York and so that as well like has been a huge thing for me because I'm like you guys don't even know like (laughs) the only time I could record was like at 10 p.m and riding the subway home at five in the morning and things like that still making it happen I was you somehow make it happen like you just make it happen because you have to you don't have a choice you do make it happen if you have that right mindset because also the opposite can happen to you Right. So what that tells me and correct me if I'm wrong, even at 17, you already knew that if something like, again, you had to work harder, you had to do what, whatever the circumstance was, you had to make it happen. But maybe someone not having that positive mindset or that mindset that, you know what, somehow, some way I'll make it work here. I mean, it can break you. Uh, again, you could spend all your money. Maybe you can say, you know, what, this is not for me and go back to whatever it is. So that tells me, again, that even from that age, you already knew that that was what you wanted to do, but because you had that mindset. Yeah. I mean, I think 
I'm not going to lie and say, like, I was totally strong the entire time. Like, by the time I left New York, I was like, I need to get out of the city. I was extremely stressed. I was jaded. Um, I wouldn't say that I was, like, in a good place mentally or physically. Um, And, but everything, again, happens for a reason. Because I left New York to go to The Voice. And then I moved here right after. And it just, like, it just felt so meant to be. And I never thought I would leave New York, probably because of my pride, probably because it's like, if I leave New York, that means I failed. And that's really not, that's not true, you know? So it definitely taught me a lot. It taught me how to stick to my routine. It taught me to stick to my word as well, because I just, I find that so many people will commit to something and either not show up or not do it or cancel. And to me, like, I don't do that. Like, I show up no matter the circumstances. Nice. You know how happy it makes me feel, like interacting with people that think the same way. You do have to watch episode one. You, which I will. You confess <laughs> you did not. So you, can, so everything can make a little bit more sense. Um, but thank you once again. Let's talk about New York. But I also want to talk about during your New York times. New York. Uh, when the time that you were in New York, that's when you got called to audition for The Voice, right? And this happened because you had auditioned previously. You had also uploaded. There's different videos of you singing, so they already knew that you, uh, the talent was there. So The Voice calls you to audition in LA. Let's uh, let's talk a, a little bit about your experience uh, during The Voice, please. Yeah. So, I mean, I was just like living my life and I had auditioned for The Voice when I was 15, 16, 17, 21. And so I was 24 at this time and I had just started to put videos on YouTube. I had just gained the confidence to just be like, I'm going to start putting up videos and things like that. I think I only had like three or four videos up and I got a call and they asked me to be on the show like there's a whole process um before you even get on television usually you go audition and then they you go through several producer rounds but i skipped all that and they just flew me out straight to la to like audition for the show so that was like such a blessing because i was like that doesn't even that doesn't happen that's crazy um and yeah and then i got to la incredible experience i was definitely not prepared. I met so many incredible musicians and singers and people and made so many memories that I'll never forget because going through that experience, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing to go through and only people that have been on the show understand just like you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if you're going to make it on the show and even if you make it on the show, you don't even know, you know, what song you're going to get or things like that. It's like a huge thing but it was incredible because it was my first time it was my first time realizing that my dreams are real you know I was like I'm in Hollywood I'm at Universal Studios people are dressing me I'm rehearsing with an incredible band they have an incredible band that plays live with every single song I'm meeting these insanely talented people who have worked with everyone on American Idol everyone on The Voice like singers songwriters and meeting alicia keys and miley cyrus and adam levine and i was like wow like my everything i've dreamed of is happening it's like real and i don't know if you know we we have our dreams but you don't really know if they are actually achievable until you see them you keep believing right and then you're hoping that they are and then you you're living it and you're like oh this is like this is what i've wanted my whole life and so it was such a cool experience and it also opened a lot of doors for me afterwards. Uh, especially like you said, you had auditioned a couple of times prior to that and then you finally make it in the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can just, the, the one of the top feelings for me is of accomplishment, right? Like doing something, starting something and having that goal and finally, uh, again, seeing yourself out there for me, it's one of the top feelings out there and, and, and hearing you describe how how that was and how that impacted you for the rest of your life, it, it tells me that in your case, it was also that feeling that, um, uh, of course, it was crucial for you and for what you're doing as well right yeah, now. Yeah, it was nice. really cool. Let's talk about that. Um, you got eliminated, okay. Not to go take it to the negative side, of course, but you got eliminated. Um, did you take that as, oh, I failed and I'm not good enough. Maybe it was right. Well, I'm sure you have had a lot of people maybe doubting on your talent or what, what you were doing. So as soon as you got eliminated, talk to me about the process after. Was it, again, 
you know what, I maybe I'm not good enough, or maybe, you know what, what a great experience I'm having, that tells me that I definitely have something going on, so I should continue this path. I think from the beginning, before I got eliminated, like just being on the show, I was just grateful to be there. So I was like, I know this show, whatever happens, is not my end-all be-all. It's not going to determine the rest of my life, the rest of my career. Um, so I, I had that mindset prior. Of course, when I got eliminated, it was like, like, <laughs> I mean, I, you're just crying, right? And you just don't even know. And then you, you get off stage, you go to an office, and they say, where do you want to fly to? We're going to get your ticket right now, and you leave tomorrow morning. That's the day of? The same day. Wow. Yeah. And so you're just like in kind of in shock. I was definitely in shock. I don't think I was like, I'm going to win the entire show. But I was like, dang, like, you know, you just as a performer, you just want to do your best. And I do feel like my performance that it wasn't aired, but I don't feel like that was my best performance. And so I wasn't like, I didn't feel cheated in any way. I wasn't like, I should have won or anything like that because I was like, nope, like that was not my best performance and that's fine. And luckily, like my family was there. So like I was able to be with them afterwards. And, you know, I felt, I felt like, not like I failed, but I was like, dang, I could have done better, of course. And um, afterwards I flew, I decided to come back home here to El Paso, Texas because I was like, I had moved out of New York. And I was like, you know what? I need a break. Just like chaos of New York, chaos of the voice. I'm just going to spend some time with my family because I'm very close to my family. And I would only visit like once or twice a year. So I was like, I'm just going to take some time and I'll figure it out. Maybe I'll move to L.A. Maybe I'll go back to New York. And I knew immediately, like the first night I got home, I was like, if I'm going to be in El Paso, I'm going to make this time productive. And I'm going to do something. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to do something. And I remember for weeks, for sure, afterwards, I was I would go over like the performance in my head, what I could have done <laughs> differently, of course, you know, because it's just natural. But I didn't feel down at all. Like I wasn't like I give up singing like I'm not going to do this anymore at all. And, you know, so if I was here for a few weeks and then the show finally aired. And once the show aired, I was booked like El Paso, I was so grateful because El Paso showed so much love and support and people went nuts. And I didn't think, I didn't even think that was going to be the reaction. And I was so grateful. I was like, whoa, okay. And I just was getting calls like crazy, was getting booked to sing at hospitals, at the Sun Bowl, at the basketball, at like all of the things. I was just saying yes to everything because I didn't have, you know, I didn't have a job or anything to do. So I was like, yes, like, let's do it all. Um... And so from then on, honestly, up until COVID, I've I've been booked and I've gotten a lot of opportunities here in El Paso and outside of El Paso. And I actually teamed up with Beacon Hill Recording Studios. I think I met them within those first few months and they were like, let's make music. And so to me, it was like everything was meant to be the way it was because even though I didn't get that far on the show, I think I was able to really maximize, you know, me being on the show and pu- push that as far as I could go because I was like, this is some national attention and mm-hmm. it's not, it, it doesn't come easy and it doesn't come often. So I was like, I'm going to milk it and I'm <laughs> going to do every performance, every interview, everything I can do and just say yes. Wow. And and again, instead of taking it, you know, what, in a negative way that, you know, what, it not only did in a way was rejection, but it was public rejection. Like everyone yeah. was watching <laughs> you at that moment. I was wondering if you, like you said, it took a couple of weeks for that episode to air. If you're like, oh, let's watch it again. Maybe they made a mistake. And now this time they'll tell me that I did make it yeah, through yeah. the other round. No, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Let's talk about self-doubt a little bit. It sounds like in your case, you were able to, again, turn that negative into a positive. But what what is some advice for people that maybe uh, struggle with rejection, self-doubt, kind of like when there's something negative happening in their life that, again, we go to the negative side instead of, you know, let, let, let's, let's look back and see what we can do to really go and achieve our dreams. Yeah, I mean, well, rejection, I feel, is like inevitable. So the more you try to avoid it or fight it or, you know, react in a negative way, the worse it's going to be. Because, I mean, I was in New York auditioning, you know, 
rejection every <laughs> i never got anything like do they tell you right, right on the spot or no but you can feel work? it like you just feel it and i am a horror i you know i don't want to say i'm horrible but i am i'm really bad at auditions for acting like if you give me the role in the text and i got it but there's something about walking into a room with like three people with no emotions on their face looking at you like they hate you already that just I was not good at it and also maybe I'd be better now but my confidence levels then like when I first started you know really putting myself out there as an actress like whoo bad so I think I I dealt with a lot of rejection so by the time I got to the voice I was like okay this isn't that bad because I've felt worse you know um but i would say like you just kind of have to take it head on you just have to do what feels right to you and not everyone is always going to agree with it or like it or praise you for it but you just have to keep doing your thing and you're gonna make mistakes like a lot of my youtube videos in the early days like i sound I'm definitely off or they're not the best quality or I shouldn't have sang that song, you know, but you live and you learn like you're really I'm always been about like just doing it and then adjusting, you know, just go for it and then adjust. Because if I sit here and plan and try and be perfect, it's never going to no one's ever going to see it, basically. And rejection like just comes with anything you do especially when you're starting out like you're not going to be great whatever it is but then if you never start you'll never improve either so for me it's more just like just start and figure it out like that's the that's the strategy I go with obviously you can pre-plan certain things depending on what it is but for me it's like let's just do it and see what happens and figure it out as you go because that's when you really see clearly like what you could have done differently or, you know, like, oh, I should have, you know, prepared a little more in this aspect. But you kind of have to throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And rejection, I mean, I get negative comments or things like that. And I don't, I mean, sometimes it gets to me, but I don't let it really seep into me because unless that person knows who I am and like knows the true core of me, it really doesn't matter. It's someone who's unhappy with their own life um and so rejection and negative things like that like you just kind of have to let it slip off like you can't hold on to it too much if someone has productive commentary on something I do whether it's singing or performance or whatever like I accept that if it's done in a respectful way but if it's like yeah you suck (laughs) I don't even I don't even take it into consideration, you know? Wow. Okay. Well, Elia, thank you for that. I'm here. Again, you have to watch episode one because internally I'm crying. I'm saying, oh, that's so cool <laughs> that she's saying that. Now, you did uh, kill most of my questions now because, I mean, most oh, of them are going to be on, on how you were dealing with your negative mindset, and <laughs> but you never had that. Uh, but um, let me ask you this. How difficult, is it difficult in your case to maybe not compare yourself to others? Uh, Again, you believe in yourself. You know you have a lot of talent. A lot of people are behind you that believe in you as well. And then maybe you see this newer person coming into the scene. And then you know that you have a better voice. You know that you're prettier. And they're maybe (laughs) making it that, I don't know, in, in this industry, how it's called, making it big maybe. Do you have that of uh, how how do you deal with not comparing yourself to others and just being focused on what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely had those thoughts and it doesn't even have to be like someone just like me, like, oh, another girl or anything like that. If it's someone like local, I'm more way more supportive, like I because I want people to succeed because there's enough room at the top. You know, there's not just local, but I mean, anyone. But I want people to thrive I want people to go after their dreams and you know there's going to be I think there's seasons in everyone's life where you know I'm sure when I was on The Voice there was other musicians or singers that were like what I've been doing this for 10 years and like no you know so there's seasons where there's highs and lows and you I think if you're an artist and you don't support the people around you who's going to support you when you're at the top like no one wants to be alone at the top situation but when it comes to comparison I try not to have those thoughts I do have them and then I try and wipe them out and I'm like it just means because I need to do better 
it's just a self-reflection of myself where I'm like, maybe even if I am a better singer or better looking or whatever, it just means I need to work harder. That's all it means to me. And I don't really compare myself too much because everyone has their own journey. Everyone has their own story. You know, someone there's like TikTokers who come out of nowhere and they have millions of followers and they're 17 years old. And then there's people who work for 20 years and then finally get their big break. So for me, it's like this, I'm in it for the long haul. I'm not here to be a viral moment in time. I want to have a longevity of an artistic career and I really want to invest all my time and everything into that. And to me, like it doesn't compare, I can't compare because there's going to be things that I've been through that other people will never experience and there's going to be things that they've been through that I've, I'll never experience type of situations. Like, I can't compare myself to Khalid, right? Like, he's already done it all. <laughs> like, he's already, like, gone above and beyond. And so for me, it's like, that's his journey. You know, that's his story, and it's incredible. And I'm going to have my own. That's going to be my, my, to call mine. Because if I try and chase someone else's dream or accomplishments, I'm never going to be fulfilled because that's theirs and it's not mine. So when it comes to comparisons, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, body or voice or success, it really just comes down to me having to be like, all right, well, let me set my priorities straight and see how I can improve on myself as opposed to worrying about what everyone else is doing. Yeah, and besides that, sometimes, most, I mean, not sometimes, all the time you don't know the exact picture, the exact story. Yes, maybe they're making millions. Maybe they look happy. Maybe whatever's going on. But the truth is that we don't know what's going on inside. And the fact is that there's a high chance that on the inside is not as good as the outside. Mm -hmm. And we don't know. But in reality, in what matters, what matters in life, we might be doing much better than someone else, right? Yeah, there you go. That too. Yeah. Now, now, before you had this mindset, were there ever times that you wanted to quit? Kind of like, you know what, maybe I should go back to college, do something else. Maybe I should have a regular job. Maybe I should do this. Uh, have you had moments like that? And if yes, how were you able to overcome that? I mean, I have those moments all the time. <laughs> like, I'm like, what am I doing? But I, yes, I've had several, several, many, many moments like that. I think a lot more when I was younger, um, you know, like 19, 20, 21, around there. Like, I remember crying, like, every week, walking around New York, being like, what what am I doing? And I think now when I have those moments, I allow myself to feel them and it's fine. And again, going back to like, once I kind of go through that, whether it's a day or a week or a time period, um, I've definitely had that also in COVID, you know, in this time period of like, I was booked every single weekend. I was making moves. I was doing shows. Like I felt like, yes, like this is the, process is I'm in the fast lane and then to nothing to just home every day and you know still doing what I can do but not the same level and it really just comes boils down to like I have a lot of interests and I like to try new things and I'm very I like the business mindset and I like all of that and so for me I'm like if I want to try other things that's fine but when it comes down to it I am an artist. I'm a singer. I love music. This is what I will do for the rest of my life, whether I make it, you know, super successful or not. I think for me, once I let go of the idea of like, I have to make it and I have to win a Grammy and I have to, you know, all of this stuff, I'm like, I'm going to always do music no matter what else I'm doing, what else is happening. So once I let go of this idea of putting so much pressure and stress on something that sh doesn't function that way, then I really just, you know, realign my goals and say like, okay, so now that you've had your moment, <laughs> mental breakdown, whatever it is, or doubt, let's sit down and figure out like, what are your next steps? Like, do you want to write some songs, record them and put them out? Do you want to take a break from that? Like, I just kind of reassess. I never let it, I don't think I'll ever quit music or being a singer because it's who I am, you know? And when those doubts come in, I let, I just feel them through and 
probably write a song about it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you know that that's part of like uh, of your career. That's kind of be uh, it's always going to be part of there. So you accept the fact that okay, I'm in that moment, and this moment's going to pass, and then I'll get back to regular Elia, and then I'll yeah, move on. yeah. Um, let's talk about some moments that, um, of course, the the uh, some of the happiest moments in your career. Looking back, what are the top three most memorable moments in your singing career? Oh my gosh! Someone asked me this like in another interview, like oh, of, thanks no, for no, that. no, but oh my God, I couldn't so think unique. of. <laughs> no, I couldn't. I was like, I mean, I've had so many, and a lot of the time when I'm performing like the big moment type of you know performances, I'm like basically blacked out like I don't even know or I'm so focused but I would say for sure the Raiders uh when I sang the national anthem at the Raiders game in Oakland that was like 60,000 people screaming and you can't hear anything and when you sing in a stadium it's like the sound you hear the sound right afterwards so it's really hard to sing like on pitch and in time because you're hearing yourself at the same time, if that makes sense. So anyways, but that was an incredible experience. That was so much energy. And it's a little bit different of like a concert because it's just, it's a football game. So everyone's like revved up and it was like the Raiders. So they're like psychotic and fun. <laughs> and it was such a adrenaline fill. And I practiced so much for that performance. Cause I knew, I knew like, you know, it's singing a cappella. So when you, you don't hear the music, you got to make sure you're singing right. And I just was like, I'm ready. But it was so much fun. And I had never been to a professional football game either. And I felt like, you know, they treated you treated us really, really well and had my own suite and all of that. But like, it was such a cool experience. And Marshawn Lynch like winked at me and I was like, oh, hey, like, <laughs> cool like you know so it was just that was really cool um also when i opened for laura pausini at the greek theater in los angeles um that was such an incredible feeling as well i also practiced so much for that performance because i knew i was gonna be nervous (laughs) and she was so supportive and it was just such a cool experience because i was like so many amazing people have performed in this theater and here i am like one step closer, it felt like. Um, and my third, I don't know, what's my third? I mean, also like when I sang the at the Hyundai Sun Bowl, that was a lot of fun. That was like also a huge game, stadium. It was freezing. I was sick. I was really sick, but the adrenaline just pushed me through. Um, and it was cool because it was like here in my hometown and it was like such a big show and it was amazing. So I've definitely had... A lot of incredible experiences. Nice. It sounds like all the sacrifice, all the things, the self-doubt, all the things throughout the the journey. Once you're there, you're like, oh, for sure, this is worth it. Yeah, yeah. Nice. That's so cool. I want to talk about your boyfriend a little bit. Uh, I know he's in the music industry as well. Yes. You guys moved in together during quarantine. Yes. Kudos to him and you, by the way. (laughs) I'm sure that helped your quarantine experience be a positive one. So kudos to both of you. Now, what I want to talk about is your boyfriend's a musician. So he understands the struggles. He understands the hours that you have, maybe in the morning, maybe in the afternoon. Uh, He understands that. Um, How has that played an important role in the success of your relationship? Yeah, so he is a touring musician. He's a lead guitarist for a country band named Frank Gray. And they, I mean, he's definitely going to that next level with that band. So it's amazing. His name is Mark Ramos. But um, so when we met, I just, I asked him to be my guitar player. And when I first moved back and I didn't know anyone. And from the jump, he's always been so supportive and 100% for the music. And so we were friends for a good period of time, like a year and a half before we started dating. Like we were like in love with each other, but we were just stubborn and dramatic. So (laughs) we didn't get together for a while. But um, once we were together, it just clicked. It just made sense because I've never had a relationship with someone who completely understood the music, you know, the love for music, the the grind and the dream for it because he's in the same boat as I am. Um, And it's amazing to have because we're both on that, like we are so supportive of each other. Of course, I don't want him to leave me for a month and a half to go on tour, but if he 
he's booked. I'm like, let's go, like go and do it because, and you really need that, especially when you're really trying to pursue something big like that. It's a lot of sacrifices. It's a lot of time away from home. It's a lot of late nights or you don't know the, the times you're going to be gone or here and there, a lot of changes, last minute gigs, things like that. And so he's incredibly supportive and to have someone who understands that 100% is such a blessing because I don't even have to explain it. I never have to justify and, you know, if I had to be like, hey, I got to go leave for a year, there's no question, there's no doubt in our relationship that he'd be like, no, you can't go or like he doesn't get jealous, you know, of people coming up to me or trying to talk to me or getting messages or anything like that. So that's also nice because I just could not I'm a free bird. <laughs> like I, um, you know, and so is he and we're artists and we, we, you can't turn down that, you know, when people are coming after you and things like that. And, but we have no doubt in each other for our love. Like it's, we're in it for the long haul and we know there's gonna be a lot of sacrifices to be made and, you know, probably time where we'll be apart in the future. And I say hopefully because I hope that we're both living out our dreams. You know, I always thought when I was younger, I was like, I can't have a boyfriend because, like, you know, I just want to focus on my music and my stuff. And if I have to go somewhere, I don't want to be held down in any way. And, like, I found the perfect person to do that with because we're both trying to live out our dreams and we don't have to do it alone. Either. How exciting is that to have someone supporting you, understanding you 100 percent, yeah, the struggle, what you're doing, and of course, I'm sure that sometimes when you have those negative moments, when you're sad, when you're feeling not feeling as positive, I'm sure you guys both complement each other with, hey, let's look at the big picture, let's act as a team to make sure that we achieve our goals. So yeah, I'm happy to yeah. hear that. Let's talk about uh, Nashville for a little bit. Um, yeah. As I was doing my research, you know. I saw that, like you said, he's part of the band, and, and um, I believe the, the the lead singer, he's the one that moved to Nashville recently. Yes. Are there plans for your boyfriend to move, and with that, to you move up, moving to Nashville? Yeah, I mean, so the band, I mean, the lead singer recently moved to Nashville. I love Nashville, so that's been kind of an idea for the past few years, so it wasn't anything new when it started happening but yeah we we definitely want to move to nashville within the next year and i'm so excited because Mm -hmm. i i love nashville i even though i don't do country music like i love country music and i love the songwriter aspect of it and i'm just so excited because um i love el paso but i don't think i would uh want to live my entire life here i definitely want to live in other cities And again, back to like our relationship, it's like before I was dating him, I was like, I'm going to move to L.A. or back to New York or Europe. I don't know. I'm going to go somewhere because I'm I like I'm so weird. I like routine, but I I love change. You know, I like the idea of starting something new and meeting new people. And Nashville just seems like the perfect place and the balance of like having that city life, but also having that calm you know, home life as well. So I'm excited. I'm excited for them as well. And I think it's going to be a super fun experience. We don't have like a date or anything yet, but I definitely feel like it's going to come sooner than, than I think. It's <laughs> exciting to yeah. hear that. Well, uh, good luck on that. Um, I was going to say, hopefully you don't move, but then that's, I don't mean it that way, <laughs> yeah. but of course I know that that's, if that's uh, of course your boyfriend and, and what you guys want to do and where you maybe think you're going to find more success or maybe a different path. I mean, that's, that's great for you guys. I want to ask you um, now about your fitness, your fitness, um, your life in fitness. I don't know if maybe there's a, a better way to say that, Yeah. but Talk to us about that. Yeah. So, I mean, I have always been a fitness enthusiast. I love working out. I love health, wellness, along with learning about it. And so during quarantine, actually, Lizzie and Shane were like, you should get your personal training certification. And I was like, you think so? Like, me? (laughs) Okay. And so I kind of started to look into it and... Um, I thought, you know what, well, I'll just get it, you know, it's quarantine, all that fun stuff. And I invested in getting my personal training certification. I studied for months and I finally started personal training actually this month. And um, it's been incredible because I, 
I've never, um, how can I say, like, I was never, like, the super skinny girl or the super fit girl. I'm horrible at sports. Like, sports are not my thing. I like to play them, but I'm not good. <laughs> and so I, when I was in New York, I had gained some weight, and I was so stressed, and my body was just holding on to everything. So when I moved back to El Paso and started training with Lizzie and Shane from Sun City Athletic Club, um, I lost, like, 25 pounds I've lost about like 25 pounds since moving here and um, have just continued my journey on a fitness and wellness and, you know, it's never ending, but I really wanted to help other people as well because I think people who know me know like that's a huge part of my life and it's also a huge part of my mental health as well. Like I think it's one of the things that keeps me really well grounded and, um, aware and especially if I ever want to be on tour I want to look good and feel good and you know really have that foundation and that routine in me but yeah so I'm personal training now um I mostly am sticking to zoom right now uh just because I also have like my voice lessons that I do on zoom so it's I'm a busy girl but it's been fun and I love you know teaching other people about health and wellness and it's changed my life so if, you know, a little bit of knowledge that I have and can share to other people can, you know, change any part of their lives, I'm happy to do it. Nice. The, the the one thing that I wanted to bring up um, before I ask you the last question is, I think it's so cool that you're not sticking just to music and you, you do many things aside from fitness. But the fact that is that, you know what, me is the whole package. It's not only about singing, it's doing what I want and this is what I want and this is part of me as well. Instead of just thinking of, well, you know what, if, if, are people going to like the fact that I now do this or maybe that I now open this or now that I did that, you're just being yourself and you're really, really uh, having a really good time doing so. So that's just something that I wanted to bring up and give you kudos to that because the fact is not a lot of people, especially in what you do, that are willing to try other things regardless of what's going to happen or what they're going to say because that's what you want to do and you're doing it. One of the podcasts from a, from a couple of months ago, that's where I recently heard that you were working towards getting your certification. Yeah. And when you got it, when I saw it on, on Instagram, I was like, oh, there you go. That's exactly about what it is. You have a goal. I'm going to work on it because I'm sure it's 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 not only, okay, let me just get this certification. Yeah, it's yeah. a whole process and I'm sure it's hard. And now you're getting it like, oh, there you go. Just making, uh, achieving another uh, accomplishment. So kudos to you. Thank you. I mean, I... I definitely had those thoughts, though. I was like, oh, my gosh, people are going to think I'm not, like, an artist anymore and I'm not doing music and this and that. But then I was like, you know what? This is part of me. We're in a pandemic. I don't have that many gigs. I enjoy this. It's something I like. And it made me definitely think about, um, you know, who I am as a person. And I feel like we, as society, just naturally want to categorize people. We're like, okay, like, you're a trainer. You do fitness. That's only thing you do you're a singer you do music that's the only thing you do and you know so on and so forth and to me it's like we are complex beings like I have so many interests that I would love to explore throughout my lifetime uh, maybe go back to school or maybe you know take a course in or things like that that I feel like a lot of the time you know we define ourselves as something like I am a singer and an artist and a musician but I also enjoy all of these other things as well, like making a podcast or fitness and, you know, all of those things. And I feel like it's, it's, we're breaking away. I do feel like we're breaking away from only being categorized in one thing because we see all these people. I mean, if you look at an artist, right? Like Post Malone does like Chipotle and he also does Crocs and he, you know, they do, other realms of endorsements and as like open other ventures beauty uh you know clothing whatever it may be and it's no different i'm just on a smaller scale <laughs> no but the fact is that you're on the same if not bigger because the fact is that usually when people look at them oh now they're trying everything this they're going to be successful oh my god they're doing so well because now they're doing something else in your case 
you're not uh, taking maybe the, the people that are going to say, oh, look, she now is a trainer because maybe her singing career is over. You know what I mean? You're, yeah, not, yeah. you're not thinking about that. Or even if you did think about that, the fact is that you're overcoming that and you're making happen whatever your yeah, goal is. Yeah, like so regardless. Just, again, yeah. at the same level, even better in, in my eyes, at least. Yeah. So again, that's amazing. Let me ask you the last question that I have for you, Elia. What is one thing you love about our city, El Paso, and what is one thing that maybe you would uh, change or improve? I definitely love the family feeling in El Paso. I feel like no matter where you go, you can talk to someone in English or Spanish for the most part, and like it, it's almost like everyone's your tia <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> or your cousin. You know what I mean? Like I feel like there is that like that common like you know you go out. I mean before you would go out, but you'd go somewhere and you'd talk to someone and it's not it's not like who are you stranger it's kind of like oh like yeah that's that's cool or whatever and you can connect with people and it's i definitely think it's like a big small city because it's crazy how people know each other but i just love that kind of like no matter where you go you you can kind of find a piece of home in a restaurant or going to the bar or going to the store and talking to the register lady and i love that community aspect because I don't feel like a lot of you know big cities have that and El Paso definitely has that and it has so much culture you know and we're such a unique city because we have so much Mexican culture and so a lot of the blended aspects about that is integrated into us and it's not like that in other cities so it's cool to see that and then be able to kind of carry that experience as I know when I was living in New York I was like oh you don't do this and this and that like you know and they're like no I've never heard of that and even our language and the way we communicate with each other is it's beautiful so I definitely love that and what was the second question what would you change or improve um you know what I think the improvements that I would like to see are already happening mm -hmm. um I definitely from when I've moved here four years ago there's been so many small businesses start to grow and pop up and people are really, I think, you know, the older generations may not have liked the changes that are happening now, but I feel like my generation is really adamant about like, you know, like let's bring some vegan food or like let's open up a cool coffee shop or, you know, an all natural skincare thing or like a lot, I feel like a lot of people are taking initiative and, um, you know, bringing things that El Paso didn't have before, which is really cool. Because when I moved back, I was like, oh, like, we don't have, like, a lot of stuff that obviously New York has. New York has everything. So I couldn't compare. But in the past few years, we've definitely grown a lot, even in, like, the fitness world, yoga studios, restaurants, different types of cuisine. I think people are really bringing a lot of those businesses into El Paso. And it's locally. So it's awesome. Because it again brings back that community aspect of like i grew up right here with you it's not some big corporation where like you know everything is the same it's like literally made with love and handmade so i i think the improvement of just bringing different cuisines and businesses and shops and ideas forth to the city is amazing yeah and i have to agree with you a hundred percent as i'm doing this podcast as i'm seeing oh who am i gonna invite or you know what or even before i was thinking oh it's gonna be hard because you're no past so there's not a lot of things going on but now that i've been doing a lot of research the fact is there's a lot of things going on a lot of people taking initiative a lot of people opening not only businesses but musicians artists yeah there's so many things going on and it's just again it's just from which mindset you're looking at it so i have to agree with that a hundred percent yeah Elliot, thank you so much for coming. I, I value time so much. I know that you can be doing some other things and you choosing to be with me and, and just give me this hour of your time. I really appreciate it. So once again, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Nice. Well, that's all I have. Gracias. Thank you. Adios. <laughs>